This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's defeat in the community shield for City, despite a gutsy showing against last season's title rivals, Arsenal. Is City season already in crisis or is the panic unjustified? But most importantly, what does it mean for the upcoming campaign? Well, we'll be chatting about that in today's episode as I'm joined by Hugh Murray from City Extra as we try and dissect the talking points from Sunday's clash. It's Monday the 7th of August. I'm Amos Murphy and this is the City Report Podcast. Well then, joining us today is YouTube extraordinaire, all the way from Sunny Island, Hugh Murray. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm I'm somewhat behind enemy lines today, I suppose, on on the city report. But now, nah, listen, all jokes aside, I'm a big fan of the the podcast. You know, I I always tell you that I travel a lot, so it's it's always a good listen to get a few of your episodes on download on the planes and that kind of thing. So, thank you for having me on. Absolute pleasure. I know we've been speaking about doing this for a while, so it's good to finally get it into the works, as, as always. if I'm sure most people will know where to find you, but City Extra, you do some fantastic stuff with Lewis and Jordan, the guys over there. Links, as always, in the description. Um, a little bit more admin before we get into it. We are back to daily episodes now going forward throughout the season, so subscribe, follow, wherever you get your podcast from. Also in the description leading up to the Premier League season will be our FPL join code. I believe that's how you say it. I'm instructed by producer Adam. Um, Getting to that, some prizes to be won, etc. as we go forward and you get to see who has the best ball knowledge. Hey, Spotifyers, click or tap the banner to listen to Rap Caviar, the freshest 50 hip hop songs on the rawest playlist ever. Brought to you by our friends at Stars and the new season of Power Book 4. Force. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. 
This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. Right, okay then, Hugh, let's get into the match because it was an interesting one. I, I, I'm almost sat here thinking I've got so many questions, but I've also not got that many answers from what we saw, whilst also thinking, do I need to have answers? What what, what were your thoughts on the performance itself? We'll get to the result a bit later on, but in terms of the, what would it have been in the end, about 146 minutes of football, what did you make of City's actual performance? Hmm... I was I was I was trying to dissect it in my head straight after, and I, and I was kind of struggling, like I said, to come to conclusions on whether I was impressed or, or whether I should be stressed. But I I kind of came to the quick conclusion anyway that I'm not too bothered. I suppose in the grand scheme of things, the result doesn't bother me. We we've been here before with this. You know, this time last year we lost the Community Shield to Liverpool, and we were told that Darwin Nunes is the second coming of of Jesus himself, and he's going to clear Haaland the goals and. Um, so I'm not too bothered. I mean, we always usually start slow, don't we? Traditionally, we start the season slow. So I wasn't expecting the levels of performance today to be similar to what they were, say, against Bayern Munich at home or Real Madrid at home. But there were some things I was I was impressed by. I suppose the one that stood out for me the most, uh, I suppose we will talk about the goal, but Kovacic. I'm, I'm really, really happy with Kovacic. There's definitely things I saw today that gave me a lot of confidence that he can grow into the kind of player that Pep Guardiola definitely envisaged for him, if that makes sense. Because the thing with Kovacic was, when he first arrived, my my thought process was, you don't have that time to bet in. You don't have that one-year pass. You have to come in and make an impact now. And I think it's fair to say after, what, a couple of weeks at Man City and, and a somewhat of a preseason tour, he does look like that. So I'm really excited to see what growth and development he can do over the next 6 to 12 months and, and what kind of player Pep can turn him into. Cole Palmer's goal, the kid's got an eye, man. The kid's got an eye for goal. And I think people need to put more respect on Cole Palmer. Last season, he was deployed on the left wing. He's not a left winger. For those of you watching who, who, who ever watched the underage teams or the EDS, you will know that an underage Cole Palmer slammed goals. He scored, he scored goals for fun off the right wing. Today, we saw 20 minutes of him on the right wing, and he absolutely cooked. So I think there's positives to be taken, but overall, it, the performance didn't blow me away. I wasn't expecting it to either. We're definitely lacking creativity. KDB's absence in the in the first half was really, really noticeable. I don't think that number 10 role really suits Alvarez. Sometimes I feel like he looks like a lost dog. He needs to be up where he's, his natural habitat is, you know, the number nine area in front of goal. So all in all, mate, not too bothered. Um, I, I have full faith that we'll, we'll go up the gears as the weeks go on. It's that time of year, isn't it, where we always have to say City purposefully undercook themselves in pre-season so they can have those long winning runs later on in the campaign. I look at Manchester United's schedule and I don't have it in front of me, but I think they've played something like six or seven pre-season friendlies. Obviously, if you include the Community Shield, that's four for City since going back at the start of uh, sort of mid-July. So... 
yes, it would have been nice to have another trophy and a nice uh, another bit of silverware to parade around the the world on the on the trophy tours. But I, I, I do feel like this probably, especially going off the online reaction, and, and it's always the case, has been blown out of proportion a little bit. But as you say, Kovacic, I, I think he's it's it's interesting with him because he's he's coming in to replace Ilkay Gundogan, of course, who left at the end of last season, and. If you had sort of, I don't know, been in a coma from the full-time whistle in Istanbul and woken up just before the Arsenal game, you'd have probably thought it was Gundogan, the way he was playing. Obviously, he's got a little bit more zip about him, but the positions he was picking up, obviously happy to drop deeper than Rodri at times, pushing Rodri a little bit further on. But the the man you mentioned, Cole Palmer, I think he's a big talking point from this game. Obviously, he got his goal. Goals are something that haven't been in sort of high demand for him since he came into City. A lot of talk at the start of the summer about potentially being a make-weight to go out on loan somewhere. Didn't get a lot of football last season. Can he go and sort of make a... Brighton was being mooted. RB Leipzig, another team who was said to be interested. You know, a, a medium-sized club in Europe. Do you think he's got a chance now at right wing? Is that showing that 20-minute cameo enough for him going into the first game against Burnley and then beyond that into the transfer window for him to say, yeah, he can do a job there? Or do you still think City need to find a bit more, I don't know, a bit more experience perhaps? Because it isn't, if you, if you play Bernardo Silva there, then granted he can do that, but is his best position in the middle? I don't know. Phil Foden, again, the same questions there. Does City need another body in there or can it be the season Cole Palmer goes on and really sort of stakes his claim? Yeah, I think it's it's tricky. I know he's quite polarizing, Cole Palmer, in the city fan base. You know, some fans really don't think he's good enough, and some fans are are, are very behind him. But I'm not even being reactionary. For those of you who watch me a lot, or you watch me for a long time, you'll know I've been a big fan of Cole Palmer. I watch a lot of the EDS football. You know, you got to watch it for free on the City Plus subscription. So I tuned in whenever they were playing, and I was around, and I was always really impressed with him. I always felt he. He was one of the few capable of making that next step to the first team. As we know, it's so hard to do. Very few really get the opportunity, but I felt he had it. And I got people's frustration with Cole Palmer last season. I understood why people weren't blown away by him, but I knew myself... This isn't Cole Palmer. He needs to be played on the right. And we always talk about versatility and we like players who can play an array of positions. But unfortunately with Cole Palmer, he just is one of those players that he needs to play where he's most comfortable. And when he is playing where he's most comfortable, he will more often than not cook. In my opinion, the 20-minute cameo today was enough to give him more opportunity to keep him with the squad this season because... For me, I think we could have played the 145 minutes you're talking about and we probably wouldn't have scored. I think Cole Palmer was the only player probably who who had it in his locker today to get that goal. And what a finish. What an absolute world-class finish. You know, reminiscent of Riyad Mahrez. We said it's going to be hard to replace Mahrez's goals. I'm not saying he's ready to do that just yet, Cole Palmer. But I think he can grow into it with time. You know, with these younger players graduating from the academy, you need to give them time and be patient with them. Not every single one of them will have as as smooth a trajectory and progression as Phil Foden. So I want him around, mate. I do want him around. Does that mean I would pick him if we're playing Real Madrid in the Champions League? No, but I would definitely give him more opportunities than I would last year. And, and the thing is, I, I totally agree, but the thing is, with with that position, we saw it with Jack Grealish, 
bringing a new player and it's the year it's that year we speak about so often that City attackers need to get up to speed obviously unless your name's Erling Hound or Julian Alvarez but those those positions on the wing are always so difficult to make an instant impact basically because you, you're absorbing so much information from Guardiola what he wants his wingers to do Cole Palmer's had that so I, I, I don't I don't get the argument to say sh- uh, ship him on because he's, he's maybe not been as good as people were expecting him to be don't forget he had a really nasty injury that kept him out a lot of what would be now two seasons ago. So I, I, I totally agree. I think he, I think he should stay. Does that mean that City shouldn't go out and add another body in that position? I'm not sure. Perhaps it depends really on who pops up. Um, before we sort of move on to the result side of things, a quick one on on Phil Foden. He, he came on and he probably changed the game in terms of City's best attacking outlet. You mentioned it before. He's more suited to that position uh, than Julian Alvarez. But just what one one concern perhaps I've got about Phil Foden, it's very minor, but do you think there's an issue with his finishing? Does he need to sort of up that game? And this is a lad who scored, I think it's like 60 career goals in senior football or something like that. So obviously he knows how to do it. But I think back to the Champions League final against Inter Milan, pretty tame effort at Onana to kill the game I think back to pre-season there were a couple of matches where his finishing was a bit off and then obviously today a little bit unlucky he's he goes for a shot underneath the legs of Ramsdale and, and half the time if you if you go through the keeper's legs it goes in but there's just these little moments where Phil Foden in front of goal doesn't look like his killer self and, and maybe it's just something to watch yeah, the, the thing with Foden is he, he is almost a full package in terms of footballing ability, almost a full package. And that's because he's been learning off De Bruyne's and Silva's and Aguero's and Mares for years. Like he's a He is a hybrid of the best of the best that City have had in recent years. But I do get where you're coming from with, it, with, it, with, his, with his finishing. I mean, like I said, he's almost a full package. If Phil Foden can add clinical finishing to his game, which I think he can, I think it's in there. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, he was our second top scorer last season. And in the first half of the season, he was on fire when it came to goal scoring. You know, the hat-trick against United. I think he got something like eight or nine goals before the World Cup. He really was looking like he's taken that next step. Then the injuries and the illnesses did slow him down, obviously, so he didn't get to hit the heights that he probably would have. But I said... A couple of weeks ago on a stream, I can't remember what, what what it was, but I believe this is the season that Phil Foden will announce himself. I think once he gets one goal or two goals, it'll click and the floodgates will open. But that's just something that we have to kind of cross our fingers and hope will come. But yeah, I think in the midfield, it's where he's suited best. Like I said, he's he's a massive creative spark. We we're definitely lacking in the first half. But if he can add that regular, consistent goal getting, even 15 a season, I think it's very achievable for someone like Phil Foden. You know, he's really, he's going to hit the levels that everyone thinks he can or we've predicted he can. He, he definitely is sort of, and, and I always say with Phil Foden, he's, his burst onto the scene was so rapid and his talent was so noticeable at an early age. It, it's, I'm not calling it a drop-off, but it's only natural that it plateaus somewhat and he isn't going to be sort of jumping from one season to the next, next making incremental gains at each year because that's it's just not going to happen. If he does, he'll go on and surpass Lionel Messi. You know, the kid's only 23 still. He's got hopefully the best part of 10 years still at City, but I, I, do, I do subscribe to what you're saying I do think he's got a maybe not a 20 goal 20 assist season in him but you know where you're looking at it going bloody hell he's in he's firmly in the top for player of the season he's up there with the best in Europe I, I do wonder the addition of Erling Haaland because obviously he played false nine in the 2021-22 campaign has that maybe changed his approach in front of goal is he looking for a pass more often is he getting into different positions I'm not sure but it is certainly one to watch as the pro 
Premier League season progresses. Um, that'll do for part one. We'll be back after this very quick advert to uh, speak about the uh, Arsenal celebrations. The NFL is here, and it's all about the sweet offers from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FIELDGOAL to sign up. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. Joining me is Hugh Murray from City Extra. Um, Now, I'm not one for celebration policing, but... Those those reactions from Mikel Arteta to speak to me here. What did you make of it? Um, I know, I know, you're not you're not a celebration police. I've celebrated plenty with you uh, in, the, in the last year. I know you enjoy a good celebration, but listen, there's there's a part of me. It's, I don't know. If I got a childish or just salty or what? I want to slag him. I want to be like, listen, mate. You know, here's your reminder that it's the charity shield. It's not a big deal. But on a more balanced level. I do somewhat get it. I do somewhat get it. There was a massive psychological block there for Arsenal. Aaron Ramsdale referenced it in his post-match interview. And for them, like, I don't think, giving them the benefit of the doubt, I don't think they were celebrating winning the Community Shield. They were celebrating beating Manchester City in a game of football that was competitive. That was the big thing for them. If they had beaten, I don't know, Chelsea in today's game would would they have celebrated that way I'd like to think not but that just shows that we are the benchmark and they are the team that are trying to chase us anybody beats us they're going to celebrate in quite extravagant fashion so I do find it funny you know and I, I, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an integral man if we go on and win the community shield next year I'll run the same line I still don't care that much I'll go I'll go and have a few beers I'll enjoy myself but it won't compare to the FA Cup win in the final or Istanbul kind of thing but let them do what they want, man. Let them do what they want. It's the same as last year. The Liverpool fans did the same thing. You know, we've been here before and we know how it ends, as I said on a tweet. So we'll see how it looks in May. Do you know what it was for me? I, I just I just cringed out a little bit. That's all it was. It wasn't like... I, it didn't it didn't affect me too much. But it, when... Who was it? The uh, Vieira scored the final penalty and, and they're all in the corner celebrating. Like for a second, again, going back to if you woke up in a coma, you'd think it was a game of significance. And I think that's what probably hurts me a little bit was the, the significance of the celebration. Oh, sorry, the celebrations didn't match the significance of the occasion. And, and I just wonder with Arsenal, is, is that part of their problem? Because... Uh, when Arteta was starting to get them going back on the open, I think it was two seasons ago when they were pushing for Champions League and they were getting gutsy wins at the likes of Villa Park, you know, last minute home wins against other teams as well. And, and you could tell something was happening. I was saying fair play to them, go and celebrate again last year when they were pushing for the title winning a last-minute game against Bournemouth, of course you're going to celebrate, you know, criticising the team for doing that is just silly. But I wonder if they need, if they want to continue this elite club shtick that they've got going on and, and, you know, Arsenal fans like to keep reminding people they are one of the elite clubs in Europe and they're one of the best teams in England, etc, etc. 
Perhaps maybe they need to calm it a little bit. I, I don't know. I, I, like you say, it does. It is a marker of where City is. But yeah, just I got. I, I guess I caught the ick. Is what I'm saying. I caught the football ick. Um, well, you know what? You I, just, close... I just want to pick up on that again. Like I, I fully agree, and I felt this was an issue that they had last season. They're too emotionally charged, Arsenal. They, yeah. they, they they invest themselves emotionally too much into what's going on right now, and not thinking about the longer term project. If that makes sense, like. I, me personally, if I was Arteta today, I wouldn't have celebrated like that. At the final whistle, I would have called the players over and said, listen, enjoy yourselves. You've done well today kind of thing, but this is not our level. This is not what we're, what we're striving for. So I'm with you on the, on the cringing out bit. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and I had an interaction with uh, uh, an Arsenal sports writer online. I think his name's Ben Browning. And I basically said, look, if Arsenal wants to continue this, this uh, again, keep telling themselves the big club in Europe, the trophies will come eventually if they're good enough. But I feel like these performances have to become the norm, not the one-off. And, and I, I almost feel like you wax your own ego a little bit when you celebrate like that. Had City done the same, you'd been thinking, dear me, you know, what's that about? City win trophies regularly. It's just it's just another one of them things. But hey-ho, that's just me. Um, finally then, do, do you feel like, having watched that first game of competitive football, Arsenal have closed the gap anymore from the back end of last season. Obviously, a lot of people are tipping them to be City's closest rival again. This time last year, nobody was tipping them. So perhaps, I don't know, a Liverpool might come back up, a United, who knows, Chelsea, who knows what the season has in store. But you look at the spending, it's obviously a lot, over £200 million. Declan Rice, we know what he can bring. Kai Havertz, okay, it's a little bit of a wild card, but get the right coach and he could be he could be un- unlocked. He could be an incredible purchase. Urien Timber, for me, was probably man of the match in terms of the players who were on the pitch. I thought he had a really good 70-odd minutes. Um, but do you feel like they're any closer to really giving it a good go against City, obviously maintaining that title challenge, which in the end fell... What was it about four or five games short last season? No, I, I really don't. I really, I, I'm not even being funny. I don't. I was actually disappointed with Arsenal today. Today, the result of today is purely because of City. It's not because of Arsenal. It's not because Arsenal outplayed us. It's not because they came up with a new level that we hadn't seen last season. I was disappointed, actually, in the way that Arsenal approached the game. I genuinely was expecting Arsenal to come at us and and say, let's go toe-to-toe, let's go punch for punch and see who comes out on top. The same way, you know, Klopp's great Liverpool team did for many years. Every time we played against them, they come straight at us, they wouldn't sit back, but... You saw yourself, mate. For large parts of today's game, they put 11 men behind the ball. They didn't put pressure on our back four when we were in possession. They didn't even put too much pressure on Kovacic and Rodri when they were dropping deep. They were kind of playing the way United would usually against us. Counter-attacking football. Set up, low block or you know heavy defensive shape. Try and get the ball back and hit us in the counter. So... I, I didn't. I really don't come away from that game having grown any fear for Arsenal. Um, I, I still believe we're a much better team. We just weren't at our level today. So in, in short, no. I don't think they're much closer. But I'll run the same line. I'll be consistent. They'll still grow into the season as well. They will probably find new gears as well, just like I said we will. So time will tell on that one. But as of today, no. I, I think the, the issue I have with Arsenal is I, I don't necessarily a lot of the time know what they're doing. You watch United and, and there was a clear plan under Ten Hag last season. It was progressive. They were building up from the back, albeit David De Gea wasn't capable of that and some of their other parts weren't capable of it. But at times they were pragmatic. They found a way to win. You look at Liverpool, obviously, with the likes of Henderson, Fabinho. They, they weren't able to maintain that same, same high-energy approach they have under Klopp. That's going to change. 
change this season with the rebuild they're having. But with Arsenal, I almost feel like a lot of the time it's stuck in between this wanting to play out from the back, wanting to be a progressive uh, uh, sort of build-up. Obviously, Zinchenko was a big miss. He likes to step into midfield, as we know, and he's a creative spark. But at the same time, they're quite happily concede possession. Look, you look at that front line, that, that's good enough. Havertz, Martinelli, Saka, that's good enough to press any defence. City's, City's defenders, when they were pressed, were looking a little bit shaky at times and we had to go long. But there wasn't a clear philosophy. And, and again, I feel that goes back to it. That's probably part of the issue for us. I don't know what over 38 games, adding the Champions League, 50-odd games per season, they actually do. They obviously won games last year, but in terms of how they do it, I, I don't know if I'm missing something. But... It's, it seems a little bit of a mismatch at times. Yeah, it, it does. It does. There's, there, there really was no philosophy, I suppose, is the, is the right way to say it, like you did. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I always find that if you are chasing the, the, the biggest honours, you need to implement a philosophy and an ideology and stick to that and not switch up your, your approach based on your opposition, if that makes sense. So, I don't know. Is, is this something that Arsenal want to do now? Is the way they played the way they want to move forward? I'm not too sure, but... I don't know. I suppose we'll just have to see with that one. Yeah, definitely. And and quickly before we wrap, um, the new additional time directive was obviously on show at, in the community shield. You, you, you're shaking your head for the benefit of the tape. I'm a little bit lost with that as well. Like I said at the start, I've come away from the game with a lot of questions and not many answers, but we obviously saw it in the World Cup. And, and I don't know if this is the case with uh, VAR as well, because when that was introduced in the World Cup, it seemed to work quite well. It was quite clear. It was consistent. I felt like it worked well in the World Cup. I don't know, going back to it, if I'm, I'm remembering it correctly, but it just doesn't seem to make much sense. Um, I'm not like maybe I'll get my stopwatch out for the Burnley game, and I will actually count how much times out of, of play. But again, watching some of the EFL games over the weekend, I think Sunderland Ipswich, which was on after City, they had 13 minutes added time in the second half, and there was a couple of injuries granted. But I, I, I feel like they've probably caused, or they've probably searched for a solution and come up with another 14 problems at the same time. It, it was weird. I, I don't know. I'm not sure that. That's going to be the answer. Yeah, it it doesn't. It hasn't seemed to have translated over to the Premier League as well as it worked in the World Cup. I mean, I, I can see they're trying to refine, refine a few elements of the game. You know, you saw the yellow cards earlier on in the game. I actually understand them. I, I do understand that you know you have to punish players and, and just make make uh, set examples that kind of make statements. But the injury time one, I mean. The, the the commentator on ITV referenced it. There was actually a stage there when it was at 101 or 102, whatever it was, where we didn't actually know how much longer was coming. We we like we didn't know how much more had been added on. So we could have played for another 25 minutes, and I, and I would have been none the wiser as to why. So if they're gonna do it, you know, make it more clear. If there's more added time on top of added time, add it onto the TV so we can at least see what we're looking at. But it, I'm kind of thinking of the fans here. If they're gonna start regularly adding on. 10 to 15 minutes sometimes you know fans want to get trains home fans need to plan for for what they're doing after the game it's a bit difficult they might have thrown a spanner in the works here that they 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 shouldn't have or they didn't mean to but We'll have to see how that unfolds as well, but it's definitely interesting. Yeah, it adds a completely different dimension to the game. Obviously, City conceded in the 101st minute, but I know exactly what you mean. It just adds a different dimension, a different sort of aspect to the game. I'm not sure it was that much of an issue. I don't, obviously, we 
the reports say we were losing a lot of time with the ball being in play. Hmm, I don't know. Plenty of questions going into the new season, but Hugh, we'll call it a day there. Thank you very much. It's been plenty of fun. Like I said beforehand, you can find Hugh on City Extra and your own personal YouTube channel as well. All the links in the description. But thanks a lot, mate. Enjoyed it. Yeah, of course, man. I really, really enjoyed that. Thanks very much for having me on. Um, I'm always around. Everyone want me on again. More than happy to engage with anybody in the City community. So big up the City Report podcast, man. Keep doing your thing. I really enjoy it. Absolute pleasure. Um, as always, subscribe, follow, whatever podcast platform you're listening along on four episodes to come after this one throughout the week so stick along for that and until next time we'll see you later make sure you're geared up for man city's end of season running with mcdelivery great food delivered right to your door by using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.